for go-getters and just going to betters. It's the pre-W Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back. Listen, we love bees on this show. We've done several stories on the plight of the honeybee and how important they are to human survival. We certainly know and appreciate the importance of bees. Without them, no way to produce food, no way to survive, really. They are simply fundamentally important to the interests of human beings. But beyond that, what a cool insect they are. They communicate, they navigate effectively, they work together as a community. They're just an amazing species. And by the way, on the side, all of that work they do to pollinate plants results in honey on our tables. Gotta love that. Bees are just simply amazing. All right, so with all of that, we're going to hear from Sherry McWhorter, who published a story in MLive.com about the importance of honeybees and protecting them not only in rural or natural environments, but in urban settings as well. Sherry, tell us about the importance of honeybees and the importance of us taking good care of them, even when it comes to honeybees in urban settings. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about providing pollen to the pollinators whenever they are in um, areas that, you know, used to be native, used to be natural. So this is all about just keeping their food coming to them. So whether it's by planting native plants in your yard or it's by planting pollen producing, you know, ornamental flowers in flower pots, if they're feeding the bees and the butterflies, it's all beneficial. Right. And it's beneficial for a variety of reasons. First, at the heart of it all, pollinators are critical as it relates to our current modern version of how humans produce and get food, basic fundamental sustenance for survival. Pollinators are so critical in that equation today. So there's that kind of going on in the background of all this, but more than that, also just in terms of beautification of urban settings, we know how important flowers are, for example, to that objective, and you can't have flowers budding if you don't have pollination going on. 100%. A lot of people are encouraged to to take up gardening for the mental health benefits and just the aspect of having greenery and blooms around them. Um, Even people who live in incredibly urban locations surrounded by concrete can get a little bit of that nature into their lives with, you know, a well-placed flower pot. And you're absolutely right about pollinators and their importance to the world. I mean, if bees go the way of the dodo, Mm. so will we. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There are many that say just that. Scientists say without the bees, we're gone. Absolutely. They are responsible for almost all of the food that we grow on this planet. And so it's pretty imperative that we uh, pay attention to their well-being now. Before it's too late. Before it's too late, exactly. And and many, I mean, this is critically important for, again, for lots of reasons. I mean, one of which is that Bees are undergoing a lot of pressure. This is not just a uh, a hypothetical. I mean, there are reduction in numbers of bees and species of bees and other pollinators. And the more and more it goes that way, the more risky it becomes to our own existence. Tell us some of the things we can and should be doing to help out our pollinator friends. Absolutely. When I attended this, uh, this conference, it was hosted by the Wildflower Association of Michigan. But uh, the folks there really embraced the idea of, of using both native and ornamental plants, that finding benefit in both of those. That if you've got a backyard or a garden and you want to do a native garden, 
you know, that's great. Take out the turf grass, put in native plants, those, those deep rooting perennial plants that feed the pollinators and help filter rainwater as it seeps into the soil. And if you don't have access to lawn space and, and that kind of thing, you can always do window boxes or flower pots. And granted, native plants don't really thrive a whole lot in a flower pot. Uh, I tried growing common milkweed in a terracotta pot one year, and uh, by the second year, the roots had busted through. So uh, in flower pot cases, it was suggested that, you know, you can use ornamental plants, but that not all annuals are the same, that it's important to find the kind of, of flowers that pollinators can access physically. So a lot of times people will, will use white or red clover in their lawns. They'll let the dandelions grow to feed the bees without uh, mowing them down. Right. I thought that was interesting. Not all weeds and native plants, as you call them, they're not all bad. You know, removing them is part of the problem in this whole equation. So leaving them and having them be part of the source of pollen for the pollinators actually has a lot of benefit. Yeah, this one scientist had done a bunch of different studies, and it was really interesting that he found that with, with one study, they found that adding or planting only native plants in a, in a test area failed to increase the number of bees in that garden, right? While another study found that if you connect bees to a diverse range of plants, native plants, ornamental plants, annuals, that it increases the, the productivity of the pollination. So it turns out that some of those annual flowers are, are really good for the pollinators. But it's important to find uh, the kind that produce pollen and are also accessible. So flowers with big, wide-open faces that the bees can get to. Although the one woman I spoke to told me that uh, bumblebees are actually really big fans of... Um, Snapdragons. Snapdragons, thank you. <laughs> Snapdragons. Right. Uh, because apparently they're strong enough to climb inside the bloom. So those are the kinds of flowers I'm going to be sure to add into my garden this year. Yeah, and you mentioned zinnias too. They're a great magnet yeah. for all pollinators to be put, including butterflies. Yeah. And as you just said, snapdragons and so on. What other recommendations did you learn about or that we should follow as protocol to make sure we're doing as much as we can to help out the pollinators? Sure. Well, don't use chemicals. Yeah, Don't use that's, insecticides. Right? That seems like yeah. an obvious one, but an important <laughs> one. We lose sight of that. It really is. You know, you can plant native species, native plants everywhere you can. And uh, in your flower pots, you can go for the, the pollen-producing annuals. One suggestion that the president of that Wildflower Association made to me was growing parsley or dill in flower pots because those are host plants for swallowtail butterflies. Mm. So there so you go. So you get a There's little a herb in your yeah. kitchen and you get some pollinators in your garden. There you go. You can have a friend over for lunch as they get their pollen from the pollinator. You get uh, you get the benefit of growing a plant that you can use in your uh, in your cooking as well. That's cool. Yeah. I learned a lot of wonderful things at that Wildflower Association conference. And this was the, one, for the first thing that I thought I'd write about coming out of it. The idea that urban pollinators are not only there, but they're really important. And so the more we can do to, to feed them, the better. Okay. Good advice. Good advice indeed. Important. Not just good, really important that we pay attention to this. Sherry McWhorter, reporter for MLive.com. Thanks so much. Timing's great on this as we head into spring and summer, right? This is the moment to be thinking about things like this. That's exactly why I timed it now. I'm, I'm thinking about my own garden. Your timing's perfect. Absolutely perfect. 
both to write this article and to be on our show and bring this story to our listeners. We appreciate it very much again, Sherry. Thanks for being on. You're welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation. All right. Headed to a quick break. Back with more in a minute here on the Pre-W Smith Show. 